You're listening to the Dive Bomb Podcast. G'day and welcome to episode 17 of the Dive Bomb Podcast. Last episode was called Supermax, and this one we're calling Grand Slam Max because the guy just keeps rolling. Uh, my name's Aaron, your host, and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Varun and James. Uh, end of the triple header, it's a little bit of uh, an exhausting three weeks, and I can imagine how much more exhausting it would be for all the drivers. They're having a much needed break, but how are we doing, boys? Varun, how are you? Doing well, a little bit worse for wear, and it's not only just because of all the F1 action we've had lately. <laughs> a nice little cotty weekend. Canada so. Day was last weekend, so uh, exactly. and then obviously 4th of July in America, so happy 4th of July, happy Canada Day, happy... Uh, I don't know. I don't Happy know what, whatever you celebrate. Yeah, whatever you celebrate. Happy weekend. Whoever just yeah, had a good weekend. Honestly, so. um, and we're all, all well, two of three are double vaxxed right now, so we're yes, sir. Um, uh, pretty fired up about that. And then uh, our other co-host James, how we doing? You got your other vaccine coming up as well. Two days. Your final one. Yeah, so, and uh, I guarantee Red Bull is not feeling exhausted after the triple header. No, true. They are well. They're, maybe after the partying. They're, they're yeah, really caffeinated. Say, yes, they're and um, they're they're definitely fired up after all the partying. I can tell you, uh, it was a little bit surreal. Speaking of like having our vaccines and stuff, um, watching that race and watching the whole weekend, seeing the fans there was amazing. And yeah, that's where you got to start with when you're talking about this race weekend because it was the first time in a while. It's the first time I've really seen it live because we started watching during COVID, but. Um, seeing like the flares going off and the people like dancing around and stuff like mm-hmm. it was a true party and this is is so cool to see the passion it was like a soccer crowd it's yeah, insane. yeah so cool to see and I feel like that was our first taste of it watching a live race yeah. um, mm-hmm. so I think that definitely added to it when it comes to uh, you know we dropped our overall kind of like star rating uh, last race pretty early when we were reviewing it I'd say this one probably about the same the race itself um, but the fan having the fans there definitely made it a lot more fun to watch, and I can only imagine like camping out in Austria and being there. Uh, that would be that would be unreal, and just the views and stuff that we saw this weekend. So, uh, yeah. Before we do get into the race review, as always, we do have a couple n- notes of news uh, as the triple header wraps up in twenty twenty one, the first one of the season. Uh, so the first major point of news is Lewis Hamilton signing an extension to his contract with Mercedes till 2023 and I want to I want to drop this on the boys I want to ask the boys the question that do you think that this is like a strategic plan by like I know they met Mercedes did want to have this contract done and dusted by the summer but do you think having them you know approach this signing now in a time where Lewis is kind of not winning races all the time do you think maybe it was a tactical move they might get a little cheaper deal from uh, Mr. Hamilton or do you think that's just me being wishful thinking that I mean Mercedes has money and it's still Lewis Lewis Hamilton yeah. that's kind of the other side of the argument I I thought about that a little bit I yeah. just don't know enough about how like F1 contract negotiations True. work um because like obviously he's still second place on the the grid so it's like yeah yeah uh, I and mean he's still one of the goats so. yeah and like the the salaries vary I find so much and don't always like correlate directly to how the driver's performing a lot of times it's based on like their past performance mm-hmm. and their like stature in the sport yeah uh, i find that this salary is so maybe though like that could that's honestly an interesting point like um yeah 
Uh, Mercedes wanted to keep him around, and they thought we're never going to get him at a cheaper time than right now. So Yeah, for sure. And I think that's an interesting point, Varun. And uh, James, do you think that it makes – is it possible to make Lewis Hamilton, like, less marketable if he's not winning races? No. I, I don't think no. so either. I feel like um, it's just coincidental that it's signed now. Yeah. But also, if they sign it now – now they have a whole year to think about who's going to be his teammate. That's yes, the real exactly. thing. That's, that's the real true. thing, I feel like. It's yeah. George or Valtteri. Yeah, and that's the, the caveat to this, right? And it's, George is given a nice, nice running for uh, his campaign towards that second season. Yeah. It certainly is. And, may, and maybe, if anything, it was just a little... Uh, it was Mercedes throwing Lewis a little bone to get, them off, uh, get him off their asses about the car not being you know, quite as competitive as he probably would like. Uh, maybe yeah, he'll sit on that nice fat stack of money for a few days and give Toto <laughs> less of an earful about yeah. the car. So certainly, and then obviously looking forward to next year with all the restriction, um, the restriction changes and the rule changes. Like, there's probably a lot of faith in that Mercedes team that they're going to come out with a, with a decent package next season. So even if they can't keep up this season, and I, I wouldn't expect to be saying this right now, but they may not win the Constructors' Championship. They're looking to rebound next season, which is crazy to think us that we're having this conversation. But plenty of races Pl- left. Plenty of races plenty left, of races. but there is, a, there is obviously a chance, and we're seeing yeah. it become a better and better chance every week uh, mm-hmm. as we've titled the last couple episodes because Max and Red Bull have been a powerhouse. So, uh, yeah, that's my, my uh, point of news, and, and I know Varun had another point that he wanted to bring to the uh, Dive Bomb newsroom. Yeah, so apparently there was um, a consortium, I guess, of auto manufacturers, not even uh, solely those in F1, but auto manufacturers like Porsche, uh, Audi that don't really have a stake in F1 that had a, a summit and basically basically agreed to move towards um, the quote is massively sustainable uh, F1 engine overhaul by 2025. So um, who knows exactly what that means? Obviously, the move in the general automotive world is a, a move towards more um, electric cars, a lot of manufacturers manufacturers have already said that they will be completely electric in terms of their lineup by either 2025, 2030, um, some point in the not so distant future. So it'll be interesting, like exactly what does that mean for the engine? What does it mean for um, F1 as we know it, like how, the sound of the car, just in general, like the sport as we know it, the mm-hmm. speed. Yeah, the, the speed, speed yeah. exactly. Um, I would highly doubt we would see something like Formula E in just two years of time. Obviously, we're not going to see that big of a drastic change, but uh, it's interesting. So it's something to keep an eye on and more news hopefully coming on that soon. Yeah, for sure. It is just something that has been lingering uh, in the Formula One newsroom and just kind of in the background for years ever since the sustainability talk and Formula E has came to be. Uh, it's always been in there and it's always been something where there's a lot of pushback from traditional motor sports fans. And so it's just a very interesting um, kind of news news piece to to talk about that there was a summit that uh, I'm sure there is multiple of them, but just to have that kind of news come out and Toto be so vocal about it. He's obviously a major character in the sport. So um, yeah, it'll be something definitely to keep an eye on and a good find by you. A nice, uh, I don't know if that's breaking news, but we might as well say it's breaking news for our <laughs> podcast community. It's the first time we're mentioning it, so it's yeah, breaking news. exactly. <laughs> for sure. So moving on uh, into the race weekend, obviously, as we mentioned, I think the one of the highlights for myself was just seeing the fans there and everything like that. It was just another element that we've been missing um, in our time as fans. So um, definitely, definitely welcomed uh, welcomed sight. Yeah. Um, when it comes, and they to, had a nice show for Max. Oh, the yeah, they Army. sure did. Um, they the, they got what they paid for. That is for sure. A hundred percent. Well, and you can't tell me that he's not a little bit more fired up having them there. He's shown um, calmness and coolness all season, uh, and I think 
that was almost a little bit of a test for him again, trying to see, you know, have all these fans so close to the stadium. You see, there's no way when you're driving around that you don't see the, mm-hmm. the orange smoke and stuff coming in. And he was um, just clinical all weekend. So we'll start our chats with qualifying. Uh, there wasn't too many crazy uh, differences between the first round in Austria. Uh, we obviously saw Max have a very, 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 very good qualifying. Um, I mean, I guess the one big surprise would be that Lando Norris was just uh, six hundredths off his time for pole. Yeah. So for us uh, in the Dive Bomb uh, podcast community over here, we're just loving that. See the McLarens so high up on not just Sundays, but Saturdays, which is mm-hmm. something we didn't really expect. Like Half of McLaren. I was going to say at Half, least one for of them. sure. Oh, yeah, we can't. Yeah. But we will get to Danny Rick in a bit. He, he, he recovered. <laughs> He did um, recover. Yeah, he did he recover. Did, yeah, the Saturday was de- definitely not as well for him, but seeing Lando up there was just such a cool surprise, and he was actually right there for pole. Like, oh, it, yeah. We would have had a McLaren on pole for that the is, first time that's in That's such ages. a low margin yeah. between the two cars. Like, so, that is nothing between yeah. them. Amazing to see. So, obviously, um, spoiler alert, Lando on P2. That was just so cool to see him on the front row. Uh, we had Sergio Perez put in a decent qualifying. He's only two hundred or two-tenths off of his teammate. Um, and he was in P3. Then we had Lewis P4 with, they struggled again this weekend, kind of sitting in that top five, but not really close to max, uh, as we saw for both weekends with, uh, the qualifying pace. And then his teammate Valtteri Bottas, uh, right behind him in P5, that Alpha Tauris, I know Varun really wanted to mention this one, having a six, seven start on the grid in qualies, uh, just amazing. They, they really showed, um, showed up well this weekend when it came to pace um, and especially on the, the, the practice and qualification rounds. So Gasly, Sonoda, 6-7. Then we had uh, Sebastian Vettel who qualified in P8, but as we'll say, it was one of the most um, reoccurring themes this weekend. Yeah. Penalties, penalties, penalties. He ended up having a penalty for uh, impeding Fernando Alonso's uh, qualification in, in Q2. So... Um, I mean, it was interesting because they kind of brought up partway through the, the weekend that you're, you can't slow down um, coming into the end of the, the lap so, because there's so much traffic on this short circuit. And it was very f- kind of frustrating to watch just because like Fernando, and we, we mentioned it last week, like the Alpine that Fernando is driving seems like it's a different car than his teammates right now because yeah. he is absolutely looking prime. He was like on top five pace. Uh, for most of the weekend. It was vintage. It was yeah. vintage, and we didn't even watch it mm-hmm. live before, so this is really cool to see. Um, we were also just talking before the podcast that we see, we're we seeing, like, a Fernando Alonso that is really not taking anything for, for granted right now. He's working hard, and he looks like he's really enjoying himself, and mm-hmm. it's a funny time to bring that up when we're talking about him getting cut off by Sebastian because he was so angry. Yes. And, like, watching his onboard, he's like, punching the steering yeah. wheel and like air punching and um but all in all like it's it is really neat to see him um like in the mix yeah and uh it was a shame to see and Vettel obviously apologized and they put out um the onboard like the radio and stuff for the weekend sent into it it was very tough if you if you go onto f1's uh, youtube channel and watch uh, sebastian's onboard and listen to it, it he has like you can tell he's trying to make a little bit of a gap and his engineers in his ear and he's saying like 10 or 15 things at once. And right before 
like as Seb's talking back to his engineer, the engineer goes, oh, Alonzo's two seconds behind. And then Alonzo like passes him. And then Vettel's like, why didn't you warn me about Alonzo? Like he had no idea. Yeah. Cause he's just like they so many worried things. about if they were going to cross the line yeah. to start their lap in time. Exactly. And he, the engineer's just like, go, go, go. And then yeah. Alonzo right it's, up his ass. It's crazy because when you watch on TV, you don't think about all the little things that are going on. And we talk about it a lot that, you know, to be an F1 driver is much more than just putting your pedal down and shifting gears. It's like, you've got to listen to your engineer. You've got to know your gaps. You've got to do all the shit on your steering wheel. Oh, yeah. Like turn all these things that we've seen these, you know, it's, it's crazy to think these drivers don't make mistakes more. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, very, very crazy to see. But Vettel, so he gets a three-place grid penalty and that promotes none other than George Russell. Mr. Saturday. Mr. Saturday shows his class again, moving up, moving him up to P8 for the starting grid in a Williams. The first time a Williams has made Q3 since 2018 when Lance Stroll did it. And um, just insane to see that he could put that Williams uh, up into the top 10. And we've seen him, you know, in Q2 comfortably pretty much all season, but Q3. Um, I don't know how the Williams garage was because where would they know? Would they know where to get his Q3 tires from? <laughs> would they know what to do? Uh, it was crazy to see. Do they get paid overtime? They get paid overtime. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah. must have. And that not even just the last row of the Q3 finishers, like the second last he, on top he, of that. So exactly, with the promotion, so. 100%. Yeah. He was. Yeah, it was uh, great to see them in there. On pace, he did beat one of the two Aston Martins, Lance Stroll. It was in P10 originally. So crazy to see that not only did he make it to Q, um, Q3, but he was also right there and above a car yeah like what i want to ask you boys actually about this like what this proves is is this more of like george russell moving his way up or is this williams on their way up or is it both uh for i'll go first i think for me um we saw this weekend and the prior weekend as well where george was right at it that you know at at the beginning of the season they said with this car is that sometimes this car is going to be competitive and then some tracks it's not and i think it's just a matter of fact that Austria is a competitive circuit for Williams. So whether or not we see this everywhere, I think is a bit of a stretch. Uh, so, I mean, for me, it's a, the, the track's a little bit more competitive for them and B George Russell is class. I've said it yeah. uh, episode after episode. So for me, that's uh, anything to add there, James, or I just think Williams is going to get their point soon. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They're going to get it. That yeah. battle that he had with Alonso during the race was incredible. That was a really cool So race. close. Yeah. I think yeah. So can, close, George. What we can all agree on is that when Williams does get that point, it's going to be George Russell who picks it up for oh, them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 100%. Future Mercedes driver. Yes. Yes. Future Mercedes race winner, world champion. <laughs> oh, I mean, baby. It's bound to happen. Oh, race winner for sure. 100%. He, he should already be a mer- race yeah. winner. Yeah. Yes. Um, hundred percent. So we had, we did have obviously Sebastian Vettel, um, go down. So that promoted, uh, a very sad two double Ferrari, um, knockout Seriously. in Q2. Oh, so man. Carlos Sainz was, is knocked out in Q2, but he was obviously promoted up to 10th with the Vettel penalty. Um, so gave him a choice of tires, which we'll talk about earlier, later when we talk a little bit more about the race. Then we had Charles behind him. Uh, after Vettel kind of slid in there with his penalty. And then... Unfortunately, Daniel Ricciardo again, <laughs> uh, P13. And this was this was a sad one um, for us because we saw him not only not be able to keep up on pace with the mediums, where obviously everyone wants to be on those mediums to start. They did go a step softer with the tires this weekend, so everyone wanted to start the race on the mediums. 
not only did he was he not able to catch up then, they threw him on softs and he still was not able to get into the top 10 with everyone else above him on mediums. So there's some issues there on Saturdays for sure. Uh, Sunday's a little bit of a, a happier story for Daniel and, and the boys, but um, definitely a tough, tough sight to see. Uh, and then we obviously had Fernando Alonso who had that tough uh, incident with Vettel. He was in P14, Giovinazzi 15, and then the likely candidate of Raikkonen, actually not so likely of Ocon. He had a very tough weekend. He will be happy to never, ever go back to Austria. I think he's yeah. Uh, yeah. Not he's probably in a dark space with France getting kicked out of the world having of two the Euros. shit race weeks. Yeah. Yeah. But he, did have that, he did have that extension to console him a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But since then it's just been bad the news. Coaster yeah. for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, highest of highs to the yeah. And we'll get to that, but he's been pointless. Yeah. <laughs> Very tough. And then we obviously had Latifi Schumacher Mazpin to round things out for qualification. Nothing too too crazy to note there. So moving forward to the race, uh we'll, we'll just go up and down the grid. I I'm sure there's the boys will have their um, their notes and stuff like that when we come to each driver. But Max Verstappen, not too much to say other than Grand Slam, baby. <laughs> James, how are you? Because you were pretty excited. You were pretty fired up for this. I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah. This is absolutely incredible to see. And Max probably seeing all the Max shirts in the crowd. He's loving his bank I was wondering right when now. I was going to see you send a text to the boys saying you ordered one of those shirts. Because I feel like... <laughs> That's like what you I was need. too busy doing a presentation and still watching the start of the race. I was waiting yeah. to see when James was going to send a text to the boys saying he booked his flight to Austria, made, for, it, out, made it out in time for the race on the PJ. Yeah, that is, Fly him out in Christian Horner's helicopter <laughs> for his class. With but yeah, I know. Mini helmet in Like I said, I had a presentation. Yeah. Yes. I had, had to get the start of the race. But still, still, I do expect you'll be buying one of those shirts someday because that's a pretty, uh, pretty yeah. sweet look. But. Um, the Grand Slam. So for those of you who don't know what the Grand Slam is, it's getting pole, having the fastest lap, winning the race, and leading every single lap of the race. This is kind of the Lewis Hamilton special, as you could say. Uh, he, he's got a few of these in his career, but having Max grab his first one, mm-hmm. um, just a dominant performance. Finishes 19 seconds, uh, or 18 seconds clear of the second place runner, Valtteri Bottas, and not much really to say. I mean, James, we were watching the race together, and yeah. he was never really on the TV, which is, when you think about it, yeah. how clinical is that? You have the guy at his home race with all his fans. The only time we saw him was the pit stop and the final lap, really. Yeah. He literally just gets out of the second place's DRS, and he's gone. Gone. Yeah. Just, yeah. oh, we'll see you at the end of the race, Max. Peace. Yeah, and that's literally it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just, just to actually, I guess, to add to that, like you said, get in front of second place, the the beauty of Max's race was that Lando started P2 mm-hmm. and Lando did an absolutely amazing oh, job yes. at hand at uh, holding back those McLarens. So I'm sure, uh, Mercedes. or sorry, those yeah. Mercedes, um, because the McLaren was fast um, yeah. and he was fast. And um, we obviously had that moment that kind of went viral this weekend where Lewis had his radio message there that just said like this, like Lando's a great driver. What He's a driver. A that, what a yeah. driver he is. Um, and it's, it's crazy to think that Lewis says that while he's battling him after Lando gets a penalty for supposedly yes. not being such a good driver. <laughs> yeah. So um, just to be to be uh, outright with it, like none of us really agreed with the penalty. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there. Um, so we might as well move on to that now um, because, again, the point of that there was that Max got so far ahead because Lando was so class in P2 and held the Mercedes back as he did so on the first lap going into turn three 
uh, Lando was wheel to wheel. Shout out to the old podcast name <laughs> uh, with um, Pacheco Perez, and the penalty was for pushing him off into the gravel, but. There wasn't really a gap there, and Checo went for it. So, anyways, so Checo went out. I'm sure we've all seen it. Checo goes out onto the gravel, loses six or seven positions, and then FIA drops a five-second penalty on Lando um, for this. And this just starts an absolute precedent train effect of penalties being dropped. Yeah. Um, just we might as well finish the chat on penalties because it's was one of the most uh, heavy headlines. Yeah. yeah, it was like. The biggest headline I'd say of this weekend. So we'll dive into that now. So we obviously had that first penalty. And then just to go through them, we had Checo Perez, like ironically enough, get two of the exact same penalty yep. in a wheel-to-wheel battle. Very on, similar looking events. Uh, identical. Yeah. Identical events with, um, you know, uh, turns three, four, and five coming out of them. And Charles Leclerc ends up, you know, I think when you talk about there being a gap or not, that's kind of what this question is or how this goes and whether there was or there wasn't um what do fans want to see in the sport they want to see wheel to wheel battling Mm -hmm. so when they set that precedent with landos and then they ended up dropping the penalties on back onto checo um it just kind of like sours the race a little bit because who's going to take a chance Yeah. yeah and like i mean just to play devil's advocate a little bit i can see what they're going for but at the same time, I, um, yeah, just to put my opinion out there, I don't necessarily agree with the penalties either. Um, what I guess the FIA is going for is maybe do they want to avoid having drivers going for gaps that aren't there all the time and causing accidents or even worse, putting themselves out of the race, mm-hmm. um, you know? So yeah, I could see that. Like Leclerc was a bit aggressive on, uh, on the penalty that Perez took. So yeah, but I guess what's weird for me is that I find myself like not always, like sometimes I'll think there's, there's going to be a penalty and there is none. And sometimes I think there definitely will not be one. And there is. So Mm -hmm. it's just weird that precedent that the FIA has talked about a little bit. And I think they need to elaborate more and set the rules straight. Like we see it in a lot of sports, hockey too. It's a bunch of hockey fans. Like we see it all the time, but they need to come out and be clear so that drivers aren't caught off guard. I guess by these penalties for sure. And I think it's, it's like, obviously formula one's a, a very different sport than, you know, like a, like a team sport, like hockey, where, you know, if someone, if the referee misses a tripping penalty, it's like, well, that's going to change the outcome of the game, but is it going to change someone's life? No. Mm-hmm. Whereas like if Formula One, if they don't get the rule right and someone dies, you yeah. know, like that's one thing. So I can see where they, like you said, your devil's advocate thing is like, they do want to talk about safety and stuff like that. Um, but my thing was going back to your point about you, you, you know, if there's going to be a penalty, yes or no. And then like this race felt like you looked at the first incident and you were like, no, like I think that there was a gap there. I think Lando had the edge going into the corner. So no, no, no. And then he drops the penalty and then you look, they, they drop the penalty on Lando. Then you look at the next two incidents with Charles and Checo mm. and you go, Oh yeah, he was side by side with them. It was a fair wheel to wheel battle until he went off, but we've seen what happened to Lando. So it doesn't matter what we think yeah. the precedent set. So exactly. um, very interesting and kind of a crazy sequence of events. And just the fact that like, what are the odds that, Lando pushes Checo off to get penalized, and then Checo pushes Charles off twice and gets double the penalties. Yeah. Um, so we did chat about this too briefly before, but there's been a lot of talk the last few days about what this effect had on the drivers' uh, super license points or demerit points, as 
they're called. So just a quick refresher on those. If you get 12 of those within 12 months ban, then you'll get a one race ban. Um, and your penalties count between one and four for your, for the, however many like points you get deducted. So for instance, like the penalty here was a two point deduction and that brought Lando up to 10 in his last 12 months. And that's a shock to a lot of people in the community, just because you think about Lando Norris and you don't think about a guy that's like a dirty driver, like a, like necessarily like some other drivers we've seen in the past, like, um, uh, Kevin Magnuson or Roman Grosjean, <laughs> but, um, um, like that. And then also you see Checo at eight, which is like close, close. Both of those are close, close to 12 for a one race ban. And Checo's not one again that you think of as like a dirty driver. Um, so McLaren obviously had a little bit of an outpour of, you know, Hey, FIA, you should probably look into this. You should probably check out your policy on this because, um, you know, I, we understand you want to keep the drivers safe, but there's a lot of rules that might be a little bit more procedural, procedural where you're not going to get someone banned for, for breaking them. So it's going to be an interesting thing to just keep an eye on uh, over the next little bit. And as you said, James, like mm -hmm. these driver meetings just come like in more and more important every race, I feel like, because these meetings where they set the precedent before precedents before. Uh, the race are just so important because the drivers need to know what to expect because these five second penalties in modern day or formula one are like game changing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also probably worth mentioning, Greggy, that you talked about before, um, was that the, the reason this whole, um, ban after 12 points came into play was after Grosjean had multiple incidents mm -hmm. and, you know, a couple of those incidents, obviously the one with Alonso him going over the top of Alonso, those were like life threatening incidents. So yeah. I think obviously the goal was like you said, to, eliminate um risks that could cost drivers their lives mm -hmm. lives but um and yeah i think it, like you said it's gotten to the point where procedural mistakes or procedural violations are also contributing to this and yeah. risking drivers getting a ban so so basically the question is to sum it up would be like can we differentiate those when you look at the point yeah. system can there be a differentiation between like uh, you know look at a, a scenario and say oh you know like that one you know, he screwed up a procedure, but was it Risky. a safety issue? Was it yeah, could something? Could just be a warning instead yeah, of Yeah, was it demerits. malicious? Yeah. That kind of thing. Like, could they go case by case basis? Very interesting. Obviously, we don't work at the head office of the FIA, so we'll never know the, the conversations that are going on. But just very interesting to think about. Um, so just to wrap up the kind of the top four, the, the battle between what we thought would have been the two Red Bulls and the Mercedes. We obviously had Lando Norris finish in P3 behind Valtteri in P2, and then Lewis finished in P4 with a little bit of damage he picked up going over some curbs. Uh, I think it was turn one. There's some curbs high on, up on the hill that he ended up hitting and um, getting some damage. So interestingly enough, we actually see Valtteri get the word to go out and pass Lewis yes. because of this damage. So we saw Lewis come on P4, a little bit disappointing, a little quiet race for him afterwards after that happened. Um, but I'll tell you who didn't have a quiet race was my boy number 55 who finished in fifth place, Carlos Sainz. He, as we mentioned before, he had a, a choice of tire coming out of qualities, mm -hmm. started on the hards. And one of the big things on the harder tire in this circuit is obviously they take a little while to get going. So he had a tough first couple laps, but he ended up being able to go number 55 that finished in fifth and went 50 laps on his hard tires, um, which I love to see. Obviously, he's my, he's my boy. So coming up home in P5, he had, ended up having a nice little late overtake 
of uh, Daniel Ricardo um, and finishing in, in up in fifth with uh, Checo's penalty dropping him down to six. So uh, for me, one of the drives of the day, uh, a little bit biased, but love to see that from Checo. Uh, or sorry, not from Checo, from Carlos Vemos. Um, <laughs> then we saw Checo finish in P6, as mentioned. Uh, not a terrible result considering his first lap being yeah. Yeah. tough. Tough. I really watch. didn't want him to force it there. He had yeah. Lando beat. All he needed to do was be patient. Well, and even if he let Lando through, he knew that most he likely he would have gone in the next few laps. Yeah. I thought it was so unnecessary. Or in the pits. I mean, hindsight's always so easy, but... Yeah, for sure. And that's... Uh, we do want to see the wheel-to-wheel battling at the end of the day as well. Unfortunate so. for Checo, the end result. And he just yeah. couldn't... That DRS train again. He just couldn't get back through it exactly. as easy as you you would have expected him to. Yeah, so important for the battle of P3 too as well. Uh, in the constructors, we saw Carlos to overtake uh, Daniel, which had him up two spots on Daniel, who don't take anything away, away from Mr. Ricardo. Finishing in P7 after a 13-place start was a very nice race for him, uh, something we haven't seen a lot of. So good to see good to see we've been talking a lot about him the last few episodes so we won't dwell on it too much but when, when it comes to that battle and Pete for p3 and the constructors that's a huge thing for daniel to be mm-hmm. having a race like that uh, and he held off leclerc for a lot yeah, of laps he too. sure did yeah for sure so speaking of leclerc coming home in p8 uh yeah he obviously had a little bit tougher of a second second stint uh, I think it, he went one stop. Both Ferraris went one stop, I do believe. But he was not able to get up and past Daniel Ricardo, so they ended up letting signs through to yeah. attack. He was on fresher tires, so a um, little bit of a frustrating race for Charles. But still, either way, nice points for Ferrari with P eight for uh, Charles Leclerc. And um, as we mentioned too, like they didn't have the the qualifying pace, but we knew that their race pace was there. So it was good to see them up both in the top 10. Uh, and then Varun also mentioned uh, Alpha Tauri, Pierre Gasly. Couldn't really convert, unfortunately, his uh, sixth place qualifying with a little bit of, I think it was a little bit of a strategy mixed up by the Alpha Tauri team. They were kind of too little too late with their two-stop strategy, um, but ends up still having a couple points in the bag, which is always good to see. And he's obviously the leader of that team, so to see him up there is in the mm-hmm. points is good. Um, then again, James, you mentioned earlier the battle between George and Fernando for that last spot on the points, uh, P10 was just epic, came down to the last couple laps and Mm -hmm. we saw some clean, clean racing when it comes to the penalties at this point on track, the penalties were over. We obviously had, we can't forget that we also had penalties by Yuki Sonoda who had two penalties for going over the white line in the pit lane. The same and thing Lan- twice. Lance Stroll for speeding in the pit lane. Just some very cheeky ones that you don't normally see. So, But back to the battle between George and Fernando. Um, clean. That, I feel like that's the way to describe it. Like we saw lots of uh, space given to both on both drivers' yep. parts. Um, we had a little bit of a pushback from George. Unfortunately, just didn't have the pace. But... Um, I found it interesting when we talk about like wanting George to get into the points is that, you know, he's, he mentioned after the race, like we were there, we were there, we were there. And then he looked in his mirror and who's the only guy you wouldn't want to see the guy that had like top 10 pace all, all weekend and didn't get in because of a unfortunate mistake. Yeah. And he's right in your mirrors, like hunting you down and he's a three-time world champion, right? 
two-time world champion? Anyways, two. multiple-time world champion. Multiple. Um, multiple legend, of, legend of the sport. Uh, I don't know why I always say three. I always feel like he has He more, almost won but, a third about yeah. 16 times. Ah, fair enough. Yeah. he was. I think he was second place so many times. It was incredible. Yeah, but anyways, class driver, and he's shown mm-hmm. some classes here. So uh, that leaves George in P11 with zero points, unfortunately, but he was so close, so close, and we're all still hoping for I it. I think they said on the broadcast that it was his, like, sixth career 11th place yeah it was something incredible at some point he's just gonna have a break yeah exactly he's been there so many times i'm not gonna lie it's like it's actually crazy to think how many times like six that's so crazy it's been happening this many times and some of them have been so fluky like under safety car and all this and that but well and the other thing is is like that that williams last season and the season before shouldn't have even sniffed 11th so the fact that he has six yeah. Right now is uh, is very nice, uh, very good to see. So then we obviously talk about a little bit more of the penalties coming back into the bottom half of the grid. We had Yuki with the penalties, Lance with the penalties, Giovinazzi with a penalty of his own. Also, he was involved in the first lap incident that caused Esteban Ocon to DNF. So it's a little bit of a Haas Alfa Romeo sandwich between the three of them and Ocon suspension and tire kind of chunked out it looked a little flaky too it was like a little bump and the, the wheel just yeah well yeah. we've seen that before yeah. In F1. yeah but i mean normally you'd expect like a little bit of a a bump and it would yeah. be fine but the suspension just went it was well, gone it could be that ocon just did wanted to get out of austria so he just <laughs> got the wheel gun and took a little uh torque off his right front and just said uh yeah in a couple screws yeah, or he may have had a secret button on his wheel that no one else on the the mechanics knew about batman so, style yeah Verunon knows about these secret buttons. He brought this up uh, with Lewis. I think it was last, sometime last season. His oh, yeah, secret his, button to oh, yeah. uh, for Valtteri in the pits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to eject Valtteri. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to get him out of my way. Yeah. Well, that one may not be so secret anymore after yeah. the results Valtteri's had. You're the one spilling the beans, though, oh, I swear man. to God. Just breaking news here all over <laughs> at Dive Bomb. Um, but yeah, and then we had Kimi Raikkonen, who picked up a huge penalty at the end of the race for just oh. yeeting himself into oh, Vettel. Yeah. This was weird to see. Um, so yeah, he comes home P15. I don't know if there's really much to say. Like he just, I don't know if he just didn't see him, but he just drove right into the side of him. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was also saying like, why is Vettel there if it's the last lap? So, but like, did you not you're racing? Yeah, you're racing. I don't know. I don't know. It was very interesting. Um, then we had Latifi who came home 16th because of that crash. Vettel 17th. Mick in uh, two laps down. Actually, Vettel got a DNF. It looks like yeah. So he didn't even get to the get to the line after that incident and then we had the two lap down hasses of mick and mick in front of nikita which uh is no no surprise really but uh it's nice to see mick in front of nikita at yeah. least. and at least Verstappen got to overtake somebody this race <laughs> <laughs> he got a few overtakes yeah, on exactly. the Haas boys as usual though um but yeah all in all i think decent weekend we're just seeing some so much class james was so excited he was uh, swearing off Lewis, and I had to calm him down a little bit. He was really writing off <laughs> Lewis after this race. He said, fuck you, Lewis, you're a piece of shit. So I was like, James, it's still Lewis Hamilton. It's still Lewis Hamilton. But he is so happy. And, uh, I mean, a lot of the fans in Austria were probably saying the exact same thing as uh, our boy over here. So <laughs> it's all good. And just a little update uh, for, the, for the constructors and driver standings. James is just music to his ears. 
Again, not for our predictions because our predictions are going to be way off, it looks like, thus far. Oh, but many races. Yeah, I cannot wait to listen to that back with the guys, with the boys. I won't mind at all considering the entertainment we've had this no, year. No, for sure, but yeah. it's going to be funny. Like, we'll do an <laughs> yeah. episode at the end of the season, like, reacting to our... We'll, like, have our spreadsheets up and, like, react to them. It's going to be jokes. But, uh, so, yeah, Red Bull first place on 286 points. Mercedes second with 242. And McLaren in third with 161 they take a little bit of a lead, a little bit higher of a lead on Ferrari. They have 122. And then uh, Alpha Tauri is only four in front of Aston Martin with uh, 48 to 44, with Alpine still in that mix at 32. So um, should be, I mean, this battle just keeps raging on. The, the top four are really nice to see. Obviously, the fact that Ferrari's back up there is is nice to see. Moving over to the, to the driver's side of things, we have Max P1 with 182 points, a 32-point lead on Lewis, who has 150, and then Checo in P3 with 104, and Lando Norris with 101 points. That is crazy to think that Lando beats Valtteri to 100 points this season. Uh, Valtteri in P5 with 91, followed by the two Ferrari boys and Daniel Ricciardo. So this is crazy. This is crazy. We're going to keep saying it every week, but What's even crazier is that we have the start of some more interesting things to come. Looking forward to the next race weekend in Silverstone. We have sprint races for the first time in Formula mm-hmm. One. Um, it's going to be fun to watch. We'll have a that'll be a, a big talking point for us in our interesting to see. in our review as well. So um, we'll be keen to get your guys' comments over on uh, our socials as well. So yeah, all in all, any last words, boys, or just. Uh, what do we think? And three out of five stars. Yeah, three out of five stars. Probably same, similar to the uh, Asterian. Yeah, exactly. Bit of bit of uh, more of the same of from Asteria. Yeah. Um, but you know, three races in a row, back to back to back, can't really complain. Yeah, for sure. And um, James, you had the, you like love the stat about Max. It's fifty podiums. Oh, 50 podiums. Not even twenty four years old. Not even twenty four years old. He got fifty podiums. So plenty yeah. more ahead of him. Yeah. So eighteen race wins, I think, somewhere around. So, there. Yeah, something something around there. Yeah. So pretty awesome to see. And um, again, this the race might not have been a five star race, but these results we just love to see the mix. The mix. Um, the you know we don't know who's gonna win the drivers and the constructors yet. So that's the craziest part. So yeah, looking forward to Silverstone. We'll definitely be excited to bring you guys a review of uh, what we thought of the sprint race um, mix thrown into the mix. And you guys will have to let us know what you think. So you can follow us over on Instagram at Dive Bomb Podcast as well as follow follow our uh, partners over at Project Dive Bomb over on Instagram. Uh, We've had a lot of cool content coming out from them recently and they've been... uh, doing an awesome job on some of the graphic designing for us so cheers to them for the continued support and make sure you go and follow us and them over on the socials to stay up to date with uh, all the formula one news that happens between races but until then we'll see you sprint racing in a couple weeks in britain f1's coming home f1's coming (laughs) home